Hello, and welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, where we discuss all things wellness, well-being, and spirituality at the real world 101 level. I'm your host and well-being alchemist, Michelle Schoenfeld, and I am thrilled that you are joining me here today. It is going to be a really exciting show. And for those of you who've listened for a while, or welcome if you're new, by the way, (laughs) I usually cover a specific topic. I've had healers, energy healers, and specialist experts from all around the world coming in and teaching us really wonderful healing modalities. And today, kind of very last minute, there ended up being a little plot twist in the show. So we are still going to go ahead and do a really amazing show, not necessarily covering what I thought we were going to cover. I hope you guys really enjoy it. So before I go any further, let me introduce this really... um, really dynamic personal development, energy healer. In fact, he calls himself more of an energy clearer. He is a specialist who's been practicing life force energies and practices for over 30 years. He does chakra balancing, hypnotherapy, Reiki, any kind of energetic life coaching to kind of just make us all better, right? To make us all feel good, to make us heal. And before I go any further, because obviously I could go on and on, I'm so thrilled to have this gentleman on our show today. So David Wright, welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste. Thank you, Michelle. I'm really glad to be here. It is such a pleasure to have come across you. And I will say that you hail from one of my hometowns, Washington, D.C. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's where I live now. So even though we are barely a zip code away, we are still recording this via Zoom um, just because of different things going on. So hopefully the sound quality is great for everybody out there. And before we go into really what we're going to talk about today, I would love you to kind of introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your story. I know you've been a healer. You've been working with patients all over for over two decades now. Fill us in a little bit on what led you to doing healing. Well, what's really great about this is that I found my own bottom, if you will, in basically the, in Virginia Beach. And, you know, my life had been kind of a disaster up to that point. It was always, I was like a plane crash. It was great until just before we hit the ground. And uh, I found my way out in 1985 and began to, do things like meditation and starting to work on my sense of self. In 1990, I went to a seminar of a guy named Alex Orbido. Uh, in, uh, he was from the Philippines, and he did a nice discussion about what he was doing, then he worked on it. And when I went home, I, had, I went to bed, and as soon as I went to bed, my, I began to have this incredible amount of dreams in my head. Now, you need to understand, I basically cut off dreams when I was about 12 or 13 years old because somebody in my family was dying and they were living in the next room. And as they were dying, and it basically, I couldn't go to sleep without having a nightmare. Okay, it was their nightmare, I think. Okay, but at the same time, I, as I went to bed, I said, I will not dream. I will not dream. I will not dream. By the way, don't ever do this. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> because, because it does work. And so what happened was all these, this, this dream mechanism was basically backed up in my head. And this guy came along and took the scab off. And all of a sudden I had like an AMC theater in my head. I couldn't shut it off. Well, I went to find a guy the next day before he left town. And I said, what did you do to me? And he was trying to explain it to me. and And he jokingly, he looked at me and he said, you come to the Philippines. I teach you. Well, Three months later, I sold my business back to my company, back to my my partners. I got on an airplane. I flew to Manila and lived with this guy, and he trained me. And I worked as an associate with him for a while, and I came back to Virginia Beach. And that's why I, I do what I do, is that somehow what happened to me, no one, see, no one ever could understand this. 30 years ago, this was pretty foreign stuff in this country. Absolutely. It's really been the last five or seven years or 10 years that it's kind of opened up, which is why I was so fascinated to come across you. Our mutual friend, Irit Horn, put us in touch 
who I've referenced before. Um, and I was like, wow, first of all, a gentleman. And second of all, 30 years ago, he started this awakening process. So I was like, I need to meet him. What was crazy was my family thought I was a little off all my life. Okay. But when this happened, they looked at me like I had lot, you know, just slipped off the cracker and (laughs) the point. And I came back and I'm talking about things that they didn't know anything about. And yet, from that point on, I was a chakra balancer. I, I learned how to become more and more promising. I learned how to become a Reiki master, which I did. I became a hypnotherapist. I became a Silva Ultramind instructor. I mean, anything and everything was going in that direction because I didn't know where I was going. I knew I had to go down this road and every, anything that had to do with energy, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind and, and the cosmic mind, which I would call God or whatever you want to call it, okay, is out there. And I needed to find my way back in this process. It's so true. A lot of times it's not that we're learning, it's remembering and kind yes. of fine tuning. So it's interesting, I think, to point out is that you spent the first 30 years of your life very mainstream. Like this was not a a businessman who was just selling his house and running off to the Philippines to work on energy woo-woo work. Like this was way out of the box for you, right? Like, but you're like, you just felt it inside. You felt it in your soul. You knew that you had to follow this path. Like the universe opened this door and you had the courage, I guess, to do it. Like, that's really amazing. Well, it was, it, it, was, it, it was so powerful to me that, that, you know, basically all the years of my life before that, I, I mean, I learned how not to dream. And, and you basically, you got to get to your dream world, by the way, because that's where all your power is. You can't, you can't do it on the eight hours that you're out or 10 hours that you're out here. It has to be done there first because that's where your feminine energy is, not out here. Conscious mind cuts it off. So David, there's so much more to your story and <laughs> all healers, one thing that we have in common um, anybody I've interviewed, is there something that happened in their life that was so impactful that it woke them up? You got it. Would you mind sharing that story with us? Sure. Um, In 1985, I was at the end of my second marriage um, and it like basically crushed me to the point where I could hardly stand it. One night I decided to kill myself. And when I thought about killing myself, I had the greatest high I've ever had in a long period of time. <laughs> I'm walking down the hallway in my house in Virginia Beach, right on the water, but, I'm, but I, got a, I got a knife in my hand, I'm gonna sit in front of the fireplace, I'm gonna cut my wrist, and I was never so happy in my life. And then boom, I'm outside of my house, I'm outside of this vibrational aspect we call the world, I'm in, in another frequency. And around me was a, was a concentric aspects of souls that went on forever. Okay, wait. So you were in your house, yeah. walking down the hallway, like, okay, that's it. I'm checking out. I have this knife. Uh, yeah, and I'm excited. I'm excited. I really am excited. Like, you know, it's just going to be over because there's going to be released because it's just going to be over. Oh, yeah, I don't have to do that. I don't have to pay my bills. I don't have to do anything. So then yeah. you're about to do it. And then all of a sudden... I got sucked out of here into another vibration. And in that other vibration, there were no aspects except souls and in one giant aspect in the center was this huge frequency of light okay that i I just say it looks like a big giant um crystal okay and and i'm standing there (laughs) in my body i'm the only one in the place with a body and around by thousands and thousands of souls and this light looks at me and says david what are you doing here you're early and my response was like, I knew the guy. I said, I can't hack it. It's too hard. And he said back to me really quickly. And as soon as he said this, I said, wow, this guy's really nice. I'm killing myself. And this guy's really nice. And he said, why didn't you ask me for help? And my response was, I can't. I'm too proud. Well, immediately from that point on, <laughs> I, all the souls disappeared. Now I'm down in a dungeon by myself up against a, a a door that was so cold when I put my hand on it, all the water dripped down. In front of me is a, a staircase that goes up forever. And in the side of it was a staircase in, built into the wall. And at the top, there was some light coming out. And at that point, I'm going, wow. And all of a sudden, boom, I'm back in the hallway in Virginia Beach. 
And my first response was, shit, this is not going to work. <laughs> okay. Because I realized that this guy knew me and, and I had a job to do, but I didn't know what it was. But his response to me was, why didn't you ask me for help? And my response was, I'm too proud. And this being proud was simply about what I did for a job, what I had, you know, my body, my whatever I accomplished or didn't accomplish. But it was this idea that I couldn't ask for help. Well, from that point on, from that point on, I three days later I found myself in an AA meeting. Okay. So, in the, in so the AA this meeting. happened, and then, and like you said, you've been drinking. I think you shared this with me earlier that you were a big drinker. You were pretty much drinking every day, and then yeah. you. So this happens, you're walking down the hall with this knife, you have this near-death out-of-body experience, and then do you just come back into your body or do you find yourself, do you wake up in bed or like what happens next? No, no, I found myself in the hallway with a knife in my hand going, and then I'm going, oh crap, you know, I, I, I couldn't kill myself because it didn't make any sense. So I went to bed that night with the knife in my hand and went to bed and I woke up with a knife in my hand but, and it happened to be Palm Sunday, which was interesting, but it was Palm Sunday and I'm looking outside and there was no sky. I mean, the sky itself was beautiful with no clouds. And I remember saying to myself, well, you can't kill yourself on a day like this. I took the knife, I put it back in the drawer and I slammed the drawer. And three days later, I went to my first AA meeting and I sat in the corner because I didn't want to make any attention. I couldn't get out of there because I started crying halfway through the meeting and everybody surrounded me. Oh. Wouldn't let me go. Wow. I've been 37 years without drinking. That Bravo. Was it. You should be yeah. so proud of yourself. I don't feel proud of myself. I you just should. feel like it's the smartest thing to do. Like it's, I, I don't mean pr- pride in a bad way. I mean, like, and wow, like you really stood up for yourself. You really showed yourself some self-love and were like, no, I have work to do in this world. I have work to do in this life. And, and just like that, cold turkey, no more drinks. Here's what's really cool is when I first started, it was brutal when I first started because I have all incredible bad habits all, all the way across the board, okay? And now I'm halfway up that staircase and it's really nice up here. I got some stuff to do, but it's yeah. really nice up here and I can see the light. And that's what you and I are talking about right now. Absolutely. We're talking about the light and everyone has this light. If you're way down in that dungeon, I, I understand. I've been there, okay? And if you can get out of there, I, if I get out of there, you can get out of there. Absolutely. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. I will say, yeah, no matter where you are in your life and how you're feeling, know that you're not alone. You're never alone. First of all, we're all connected for sure, but you're right. never alone. I swear. There's people who care about you that you don't even know care about you. And there's people who need you that you haven't even met yet and just have faith. You yep. can do it one step at a time, literally. <laughs> one step at a yeah. time. Hey. <laughs> That's a good motto. <laughs> That's good. I didn't Thank share you. this with you before. My mom um, was not a big drinker, but her dad was. And um, she drank socially here or there, you know, and I guess about 38 years ago now, just woke up one day and decided that she was never gonna have a drink again. Didn't have a problem. Just was like, why would I do that? I don't always feel great when I do that. And some days sometimes I lose half a day the next day or like, because she started feeling so spiritually connected or just focused that she's like, why would I do that? Why do I need to inhibit? And I didn't really understand that. I thought it was great. Good for her. But right. you know, until I started going through my awakenings and my, um, it, it really is amazing. The impact that alcohol can have, which is a whole other topic, but thank you so much for sharing that very personal story with us. It's a part of my story. And without that story, it doesn't really make sense because seriously, I truly do believe whether it be a, it could be a, a speed bump or it could be a brick wall, but you've got to hit that wall to the point of saying you have to turn your direction of your life around because sooner or later, something's going to get your attention. If you pay attention, you'll grow. If you don't, mm, I don't want to go with you. Either. And that was the first step into becoming a healer and find and the doors opening in front of you as to what your true purpose and calling in this world is. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I don't even tell you the story of how I got to the Philippines. I mean, that was ridiculous, but everybody started giving me money. The 
post office box, the post office master in Virginia Beach stopped the truck so I could send up for my passport. I mean, it's like, huh? And the universe the- is opening the doors, clearing the roadblocks. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're on your path, it's amazing how the universe will just open up for you. It's unbelievable. And, you know, to the point where I figured if I get in a car wreck while I'm in the Philippines, who gives a shit? Because I'm I'm covered. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's awesome. So earlier in the podcast, when I was introducing David and I mentioned that there was a last minute plot twist, I don't want to leave you all hanging. Um, I think it's going to make a lot of sense now. So originally I was referred to him to talk about chakras. I've done two complete shows on chakras, but in season one. So I thought this would be a great guest to come on and talk about chakras. Then I met him. I'll go into that in a little bit. I had a treatment. It was amazing. I can't wait to talk about that. I was like, you know what? I noticed that he also does ho oponono. It's like, come on the show. Come on, you lost me at namaste. Let's talk about ho oponono. It's a Hawaiian spiritual wholeness problem solving practice. And literally as we're about to go live, it was like, Wait, nope, that's not what we're going to actually talk about tomorrow, today. There's something bigger that needs to be addressed. So now you guys, as you're listening, see why I let this little plot twist take place. Because as much as I would love to do a show on that, and we will perhaps another time, it's all connected. That's what the beauty of this energy work is. And I loved hearing that you've taken over 30 years, all these different modalities, whether it's hypnotherapy or chakras or dream, right? The work that we need to do a little astral traveling or whatever we're doing, it all ties in together. Absolutely. For complete healing and wellness and thriving. And um, okay, so I just had to jump in there and tell people why this, (laughs) because as much as I love to have specific topics on the show, this is going to be such a great episode. I know it already because there's so many things that you do and that you've experienced to help different people that are a little bit beyond the 101 level, to be honest. Like this right. is a 101 show normally, but I think going into season four, we can deep dive a little bit more into some of these spiritual healing practices. So I just want to put that out there now, and I'm going to give you free reign to keep going. <laughs> what I loved it is I, I listened to your, your podcast before, and you focus on women. And what's really great about this is that's where all our power is, is in women. Okay, but not women. It's feminine energy, not women. It's in the subconscious mind, not whether you, depending on your plumbing, doesn't really matter. Okay, it basically we've been taught not to show your emotions, but that's where all your power is. It's it's in me, it's in you, and anybody that has any power in this world has basically got a, a polarity between masculine and feminine, which is even. Okay. And one of the characteristics of this is basically finding out how to find that out. One of the things that I work on with somebody is I look at their chakra system because it's the major aspect of, what do I want to say? Um, The major aspect of your potency, okay? But the, the polarity between the masculine and feminine is really, really important in your effectiveness in this world. And so I do both. The first thing I must do is remember when you got on the table. Okay, so going back to my treatment, well, let's go into that. And I will say, you know, it it may seem that I focus on women. I definitely have had some guests that are women specific, but in general, the majority of my guests, the first season were men. And I really want this to be open to men, but for whatever reason, and you maybe see this with your private clients, maybe not, a lot more women seem to be open to this, but about 30% of my audience is men. So for those of you guys out there, thank you for sticking with me. I hope you enjoy this. I, I hope so, because the reality of it is, is regardless of whether or not you have the masculine body or a feminine body, it's the same aspect that we were taught that you could not show your emotions. Absolutely. Okay? Okay, if you can't show your emotions, you can't show them to yourself. And if you can't show them to yourself, you can't, app- you can't use the feminine energy. Feminine energy is the most powerful energy in your body because it is grounded in the planet that we're in, to be honest with you. I always get so sad when, um, especially men, anybody, men or women, but especially men, because I think it's a little more common, are afraid to cry or don't want to see it. They think it's a sign of weakness or they're embarrassed or, you know, the men in my family also, or women who think, oh, it's weak in business. And I'm like, no, crying is beautiful. It's a release of emotion. That's all it is. It's a release of emotion. It's a really beautiful thing. 
to be able to do and let it flow through you. It's so um, important. It's so important. It basically grounds us to the earth. Okay. The, the, the root chakra is the one of the most important chakras that we work on because it is survival. If that chakra is not open, okay, you can't be grounded in the earth, which means you cannot use the other chakras correctly. You cannot do it. It's almost like I grew up in Vermont, for example. And if you went out on a leather, you, you, you went out on a, on a walk on icy sidewalks with leather shoes on, it's almost like having almost no energy in your root chakra. You can walk but you're going to fall down relatively quickly, okay? And you'll get back up, but you'll fall down again, and eventually you will diminish what you're actually trying to do so you won't fall down, okay? It really is like that. You have to have a deep root in this process, and that is your root chakra. The root chakra then allows the rest of the chakras to light up, okay? But you've got to have the root chakra, and without it, a lot of the people that show in my office right now have lots of energy in their body, from the heart chakra up, but their root chakras are weak. I had a, I had a woman in my office yesterday who was basically, it's like on a scale of one to 10, she's at nine from the second, second chakra to the fifth, or so, excuse me, the second to the seventh chakra. But the root chakra was less than one. And she has worked really, really hard in her life, but she stopped. And this is why she came into me was saying, I don't understand it. I went to psychiatrists. I went to you know, other healers. I did everything. I couldn't get this thing lit up. And the reality was that she had a very, very traumatic childhood. And a traumatic childhood basically causes the weakness in the root chakra. The first seven years of your life, you're basically in hypnosis. And basically at that particular point, whoever told you what you think you are at this particular point runs your energy. And it and it's basically like the Jesuits used to say, show me the boy until he's seven and I will give you the man. What that really says is I'm going to program him for this first seven years. Then you take him because there's very little freedom that he has at that particular point. It makes so much sense. Um, the good news is that you can work on it, that you can clear oh. it, that you can learn how to get it cleared and open and grounding yourself. Um, for those of you who aren't real familiar with chakras, just quickly, they're energy meridians. The ones we're talking about, one through seven, run up and down your spine and then out your crown. Um, and it's something that uh, even like acupuncturists use, like energy meridians in your body are real. And you can go back to season one. I do two shows on that. If you want to know just it's basic 101 discussing each particular one, the colors, what they work on, whether it's your voice or your heart or your self-esteem or whatever. So you can go back for that. Um, so now this woman who came in, just to use her, her as an example, she comes in, so many things in her life are going well, but there's this one thing that's kind of stuck. It leads yep. her to you. So just kind of walk us through, what do you do for her? Like, what would you do for somebody like this who has a root chakra issue? So many people do, as you said. Yep. One of the cool things now, look, <laughs> In your conscious mind, you are and I are right now operating from our conscious mind, correct? Yes. Okay. But the subconscious mind is 5,000 times stronger than your conscious mind. Okay. It's one man against an army is really what it comes down to. And if you go into that mechanism, that over that the, the aspect of your subconscious mind will take over your life. That is what the Jesuits were talking about. It will take over your life. If you said no in your subconscious mind and you try to say it differently out here, it will be, you'll be countermanded by your, your own subconscious mind. So when you lay down on the table, my job is to get you to let go. And how I have to do that is I have to go down into your subconscious or your conscious mind and get you down to what they call the frequency levels below 15 cycles per second. As you do that, you move into what we call alpha, which now begins to think. Your alpha brain waves. Your alpha brain wave, but you're moving toward what we call theta, which is where you were programmed. As long as you're in low alpha and high theta, I can work on you because at that particular point, your conscious mind disappears. It just goes to the side. And at that particular point, I can work on your subconscious mind. Now, how do I do that? Now we get back to what I've learned through this great company called HeartMath out of Northern California, who taught me that the energy, remember the little thing I showed you, you, you hold on to it. And yes. It, 
Okay. What you are is a basically electrical component. Your body so is- electric. What he's talking about, for those of you who aren't sure, <laughs> when I walked into his office, he gave me a clear, um, kind of like a baton, a clear short baton, and told me to put my hand on one end, which had a silver band, which I did, and then put my other hand on the other end. And as I did it, the baton lit up and made a noise. And it was just showing the energy current in my body. So that's what he's referring to when I walked in. It's a really great tool to really show how our body is an energy circuit, how we're made of energy. So, And so what's really cool is that the HeartMath company has figured this out, that the aspect of the North Pole is your, basically your head, and the South Pole is basically your root chakra. Okay, so what do you do is you create an electromagnetic field around your body and you create the circular pattern and it just keeps circling. Now, here's what's really cool. And I'm not trying to pick on anybody who's doing affirmations, okay? But the reason why people don't really do affirmations very often is because they don't work. And, I, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm apologizing to all the people that are doing affirmations. Some of them may work, but the deal is you have to anchor it. You have to anchor it in the lower part of the body because if you don't, it won't come back up through the chakras. And if it doesn't come up through the chakras, you're not getting into the subconscious mind. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm going to put my little disclaimer on that because you are the specialist in that. I do think there's some validity to positive affirmations because if nothing else, it can break a negative thought cycle. And we right. want to break not negative thought cycles whenever we can. So if nothing else, a positive affirmation is a really great way when you find yourself spiraling down in your thoughts yep. during yep. the day to just stop that. Cause we don't want to do that whole law of attraction and right. Like break the cycle of negative thoughts. So but you I do get, think there's some validity to positive affirmations. Maybe just not what you're expecting. But what you got to do is you got to change the correlation within the subconscious mind. And that is deeply embedded. Yes. Remember you had six to seven years of embedding in an, into the aspect of yourself that says you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You didn't clean up your room. So you're not a good boy. It's, it's all those kind of crazy things that we don't know anything about. Somebody else programmed this and it wasn't us. And it's like, holy cow, by the time you get to be 13, 14 years old and your, your solar plexus comes on, which is basically puberty, all of a sudden now you're in a war with yourself. Because it's really you something that we should be taught in school and, yep. you know, probably like, I don't know, junior, senior year of high school, we should be taught this for sure. Um, because <laughs> we're raising the next generation in this world, right? Like yep. it, it's almost like a crime to be a parent and not have had this training before yes. you have a baby. It's almost, it, it, it's so important because it's not mainly what we understand in this program, in this, in this aspect of being alive is that the idea is that if you tell somebody that they're not doing it well, now how do you do that? So somebody gets a C or it gets a, a C in a, in a, in a uh, you know, one of their classes. And you say, why don't you get an A? What you're really telling them is you're not good enough. And if you tell somebody long enough that they're not good enough, they eventually will believe you, especially yep. if it's in the first seven years. A and belief is just a thought you keep thinking, right? Over and over. And once it gets ingrained in the subconscious mind, it stays. So the good news is we can work on it and clear it out, but it takes yes. some work. I'll yes. tell you when you did the treatment for me and I got on your table and it was, you know, you're like, oh, wow, I can tell you've done a lot of work on yourself. Now yes. I'm a master energy healer myself. I've practiced for a while. I'm not now necessarily with clients, but I have done a lot of work on myself. Um, and it's ongoing. It's just like going to the gym. If you stop going to the gym, you're going to atrophy your muscles. If you stop doing the constant work on yourself, there'll be blockages again sometimes. Things pop up. And interestingly enough, when I came to see you, I knew I was experiencing some stuff. I wasn't talking about it. That's not why I came to see you. I came to see you to do a preliminary interview for the podcast. But obviously the universe led me to you because I needed a little like, uh, I don't know, reboot, <laughs> a little uh, reminder. Absolutely. Yeah. One, thing, one thing you must understand, and, and I want to say this to all your, your listeners, you were born perfect to the point where you were not polluted, so to speak, okay, until they started to program, okay? And that programming is unfortunately for the last thousands and thousands of years has been negative. 
So what you and I have to do is we have to get rid of that negative aspect of it. And the way that we do that, we go into the, the your, when you were on my table, I pushed on your legs, basically putting new information into my mind, into your body. And when we did that, it began to, you can see it as you look it into your body, basically whether it changes it. That's my job. My job is to see whether or not you're taking it. Now, the last thing that I do is I go to, if you remember, I went to your head to show you it, it, there basically is a certain amount of energy in your head, but the most of the energy is in your body. And I enter that, I use that energy by moving up through your legs, basically, and it goes through your chakra system. But I check your head to see whether or not it was in there. And if it was in there, I can remove that. And I think you said for me, without being too personal, that it was stuck. It was coming up and flowing. There was yep. a lot of things open, but then it was just kind of stuck and wasn't coming out. And, and, but all, and it takes almost no energy to get yeah. rid of it because there's, there's so little power in your head. Okay, the real energy is down in your, in your belly, in your belly and your heart. It's where all your energy is. And that is feminine. I'll tell you, I, you know, I had a couple of big life challenges that had happened right before I saw you. Um, and I was felt pretty, um, equipped to deal with it. I felt good about it. I, I felt equipped to deal with it. I did have a little sadness. I was actually, um, kind of ending a, a relationship that had been really important to me, not ending reevaluating it, or, or I shouldn't even say that it was molding into a different type of relationship, but it was something that was hard on me and I felt good. I felt clear, but I also knew that something was stuck. And in the past, if I go back 10 or 15 years, I probably would have been in tears every day under the covers, not leaving the house. And instead I'm looking at the beautiful leaves changing on the trees. I'm walking to your office, feeling the crisp air in my face. And I'm feeling pretty good because I have done a lot of work on myself and I'm meditating and I'm doing clearings and I'm right, doing all this stuff. But there's still something that was kind of stuck and I knew it. I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew it was a work in progress. So I come to you again for an interview, not for a treatment, get on your table. And one of the first things you said to me was something about love, right? Something about what you work on the feet and the legs. Tell us a little bit about that because you said that you always like to start that way or you start with love or was that unique to me? Well, everyone's a little different. Okay. So the first thing I did was I checked your energy, basically um, your chakras and your polarity. Okay. And what I found out with you was, is that your energy was very, very strong and your polarity was very high. So I did not work on your body. Okay. So at that particular point, as I worked on, we, as I worked on you, I realized that love was the point that we were going to work on and whether or not where you were in a love cycle doesn't really matter because at that particular point, you're blocking some of that away inside of yourself. Okay, so my, my job was basically to create that sense of love and push that back into your body in such a way that would give you the ability to appreciate it again. Oftentimes that happens because of something in their lives that creates um, trauma. Right. Okay, trauma is, is understanding what trauma really is. Trauma is either physically, emotionally, or spiritually, it is an impact. And that impact is a negative impact. And what I mean by negative, it means you're high and then all of a sudden you feel like you're depressed, okay? So the idea is we have to bring that energy up. So when I find that in your body, I work on that issue, okay? And to do that, I have to bring that energy back into my body and then push it back into your legs, to be honest with you. And, and because the energy is flowing around you all the time, okay? And at that particular point, by doing that, you will feel more powerful. I measure you in that particular point, whether or not it's there or not there. When I first start, I will look at it and see if it's there. And if it's not there, I will use that energy that use that thought pattern to change your energy. And in I'll the say when I left, I felt really good. Yeah. I felt really good. Like I felt good when I came in, but I felt even a whole other level, like times 10 when I left. And it, it went through the whole week. Like I continued to just feel... Um, eager and optimistic and pretty balanced and clear. I definitely, um, it was nice. It was really, really nice. And I didn't even know. And I'm sure a lot of times when clients come to you or people who are listening to this podcast might feel that, you know, things are pretty good, but there's just something they can't put their finger on. 
Right. Or like you said, they're, they're flying high. And then all of a sudden they do a deep dive to a, not a good dark place. And they can't figure out why, like right. why? my life is not that bad. Why am I feeling that way or this way? And a lot of times it is because it's tied to a blockage or something from the past that their conscious self is not aware of. Absolutely. And, and remember, remember like me, I had that whole story about not dreaming, right? Right. What was that all about? It was, it seemed to be protecting me. But at the same time, all it did was cripple me. Okay. And, and if that was my choice, I didn't, no one told me about that. I just figured that out. And if I went at night when I was going to sleep, the last thing in my mind was, I, I'm not going to dream. 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 Well, guess what? <laughs> That's what I was programming myself to do. And it stopped. And I thought, isn't that great? I don't even have to worry about this. This is great. And so my life went on, but meanwhile, like the plane crashing, okay, you can get a drink up until the plane hits the ground, right? Okay, <laughs> everything, everything is fine until that point, and then all hell breaks loose. And that was my that was my ending. That was my the bottom aspect of me that I just wanted to die. Well, I didn't die, and at that particular point, I began to walk up the staircase out of this dungeon that I had grown that I had made toward the light. And that's what I've been doing for the last 31 years. That's really beautiful. Um, could you, what is your, like your favorite modality? Is there like something that you love doing more or is it just specific to the individual who comes through your office? Always for the individual. It's not, it's everyone's different. Everyone, uh, the approach is different. First of all, the first thing I must do is I must gain your support. Okay. So we have to figure out the commonality between us. Okay, once we figure out that commonality, then you get to the point of relaxing. Because my objective, I don't need to know your story. Okay, what I need to do is I need to get your conscious mind out of the way. <laughs> and, and I listen. love that he just said that. Let me point out what he just said is I don't need to know your story. Because he is a true energy healer, energy clearer. The details of your story that you're going to consciously make the decision to share with him is not important to him because he's reading the energy and he's clearing it. And I would say people who are really good at this would say the same thing because we don't need to keep retelling this story. And it might not even be real, whether we're aware of what we're saying or not, it might not even be the right story or the right version. And that doesn't matter. Energy doesn't lie. Well, and I love that. So you're not making somebody go back and relive and tell something that's traumatic because that's not the point for this. Basically yeah. all it does is reinforce it. You don't need exactly. to do Okay, so what we have to do is my job, <clears throat> really, I guess my talent, if I could say that, my talent is to be able to read your energy. Okay, and if I can read your energy without in invading your space energetically or emotionally, I basically can do my job. But the first thing I must do, like I said, I got to get your conscious mind out of the way because that's the blocker. That's the guard at the door going, who goes there? Okay, that's the one that always you're going to, you're going to always confront on the conscious mind out in the real world. But in this place, I can get to your subconscious mind and I can change you. Now, it doesn't happen instantaneously. I said that you did an awful lot of work and the reason why you walked out feeling much better is because you'd done a lot of work. Now, here's one of the weirdest things. Sometimes people will come to me because they don't feel good. And the last thing I tell them was saying, listen, what we just did, I think might make you feel really better. However, it might make you feel really worse. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We have to go down into that pain. Yeah. Okay. You won't stay there. Okay. You're going to, you're almost like the difference between walking and being on a trolley car. You're going to go right by it in this process, but don't be afraid of it because it's not going to stay because that's an old pattern and the energy that we're working with will create that frequency within you that will let you go up higher. Okay. And as you go up higher, it's easier to look down on what you were traumatized by. It's so true. Um, you know, I'll say that to anybody out there, when you're looking for alternative treatments like this for energy work, regardless of what type of energy work, of course, do your research, you know, know who you're seeing, get reviews or recommendations for sure. Um, but I, I always tell my client, I was gonna say a couple things here. Cause I think it's important to point out. I always tell my clients, um, don't tell anybody what we just did. Give yourself 24 hours before you talk about it. If you feel you need to, you still need to. 
is like drinking plenty of water, trying to get in some, a good sleep, some meditation, but really don't share the experience you just had. If you can for 24 hours, because I do think it's really important to let it kind of sink in and process. And, um, I've done deep hypnotherapies before for some healing stuff in the past where I did spend a day or almost two in bed afterwards. That was in the beginning, way in the beginning. Um, and that can happen. And then you said other times you walk and you're like floating on clouds. It just depends what you're working on, how severe it is. Um, and the reason I'm pointing that out is because one size doesn't fit all. And sometimes we just want to work on little things and we, you know, we know there's a little stumbling block and we want to get over it. And that's kind of what was going on when I came to see you. And sometimes we have real deep seated trauma that we want to work on. That is probably not something that you want to do when you're on a four day retreat in Tulum, you know? So, and I, the reason I wanted to say that is because so many people, I have a lot of retreat people who listen to this. I teach at retreats. I love teaching at retreats. Um, the life co in Turkey is one of my favorites. Um, but those are not places, regardless of where it is to do a deep dive into healing, because you don't know what can come up. And it's not like you just do it and the doors close that sometimes it might need multiple treatments or just, it's not something you want to do on a retreat. Let me just say that. It's not something you want to do where you don't have access to the professional. Um, you know, you, I think it's best to work with somebody that you can work with on a regular basis. If you need to, if you need to, if you, if yeah. you're working on something that you think is deep. Okay. Like you just said, do not do it on a, on a weekend basis because <clears throat> to get into that process, you not only have to deal with the issue, you have to deal with the ramifications that come off it. And as they, as you basically pull yourself out of that old program into the new program, you will change almost everything about you. I have one client who's, who's really scared about going forward because his whole relationship with his wife, she's been running his root chakra and if he and if, <laughs> and if we get him installed, what will happen to her? Well, that's not the point. But the point being, in his own mind, he says, "If if if I take her job away, will she stay?" And that says, "I don't know." Right. But, I mean, our our relationship with ourselves is our most important relationship, and yeah. the only really obligation we have, aside from like raising small children, of course, is to the relationship with our we have with ourselves and for healing and and taking care of ourselves. And then the right people will be in our lives. And sometimes it works out and it makes it stronger. And sometimes it doesn't. And either way, it's okay. Yes. Either way, it's okay. Um, it's not something to be afraid of because we don't know it can happen. It's like, you just got to work on yourself. And if the person with you is healthy and meant to be with you, they will. And if they're not healthy, you won't tolerate it because the healthier you get, you don't tolerate bad behavior anymore. <laughs> no. And, yes. and, and the reality of this is, as you heal yourself, trust me, you're beginning to heal the people you're around. That's Very true. Whole, that's yep. whole Pono, by the way. Okay. Yes. Okay. So if you don't mind, can we just touch on that? The whole oh, Pono. Sure. Let's touch on it because I, I mean, it's if I'm sure people have heard of it before. And if you not, have not, maybe you've heard of the saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. It's things yeah. we say over and over. So Tell us just a little bit. Give us a little one-on-one cliff note version of what Ho'oponono is. Okay. It's really beautiful. I really like, it's taking responsibility, right? For yourself. Well, every, every religion in the world says this, whether you're talking to Jesus, you're talking to Buddha, you're talking to Muhammad, you're talking to, you know, Krishna, it doesn't matter. They all say, forgive. Okay. What they don't really tell you is you must forgive yourself first, not them. Because that's not the problem. They may they may bring the problem up to you, but you are the problem because it's inside of you. And at that particular point, you almost have to look at your body and go, by the way, that's where your subconscious mind is, by the way. Okay. So you look at your body and go, I I love you. Because you never heard that enough. Okay. You right. want to hear it every day, all the time. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you because you you're in this pain. Please forgive me for doing this to you. And thank you for listening to me. And that at that particular point, what you're doing is you're creating a, a, an aspect of, of a spiral a vibration up, which will get to your super conscious mind. And that super conscious mind is the only part of you that can actually tell you the truth. The, the serpent that is involved in that, like the Garden of Eden story, it always lies to you. And that's your ego. Okay, yeah. you, It always will lie to you. 
Okay, you can't go there with it. So what you're saying to yourself is, when I feel this pain, which is the serpent, okay, in your head, saying, by the way, I love you and I'm sorry for all the miscommunication. Please forgive me for all those mistakes. Thank you. And as you do that, that energy starts to rise up. And as it rises up, you'll be able to make contact with the, that still small voice that everyone knows about is the small voice because you can only hear one voice at one time. You, and if you have to do that, that's really what meditation is all about. Do you know what meditation is not about as asking for anything? You're basically allowing yourself to receive something. Okay. And that and you have to be able to do that by getting rid of the, the guy in the tree over here, the one that lies about everything and up to the upper aspect of yourself, sense of self, because that still small voice always talks to you and always tells the truth. So I love, give me, give us an example of, um, because I, I really do think it's important to go back over. It's like taking responsibility for how you feel, right? Because yep. we can, the only thing we can control is how we feel in our reactions to things, right? We can't control how people treat us or what they say to us or how they behave, but we can control how we react to it yes. and how we feel about it. And right. so that's kind of what this does, right? Is help release. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the release, and you're releasing your subconscious mind because your conscious mind says, Hey, I'm going to do a nice thing today. I'm going to be really nice to myself. I'm going to get great food and all that sort of stuff. And you go out and you're, you're stuck eating pizzas and, and, you know, and having donuts. Okay. And then at the day you say, well, geez, why didn't I do that good thing for myself? Well, the conscious mind has the ability to do that. The subconscious mind says, no, we need to have pizza. And no, we're going to eat some bread. And it's like, it's like, why am I doing that? Because somebody told you when you were a kid, eat your breakfast, whatever it was. Okay. And, and at that particular point, that gets ground into you. Okay. So now to be able to to the subconscious mind that tells you to eat your breakfast regardless of what it is okay so what would an example let's let's make it like an example now of um so somebody maybe is feeling a lot of shame or a lot of um remorse because say they treated their partner badly and it ended in divorce or they did something to their child and now their child doesn't speak to them or something like that like right. are those the kind of things the kind of emotions and feelings that you treat with this oh absolutely Absolutely. Now, listen, the, to, to the story on all this was a guy named Hugh Lin, who worked as a psychologist, but he worked in Hawaii and they hired him to, to run an insane asylum, basically, <laughs> in, in the correction center. OK, and everybody that was in there was either on medication or locked up because it was so dangerous. There was so much there, <laughs> there was so much energy in this place. You, you couldn't even paint the walls because they'd fall off. Uh, it would just fall off the walls after about two or three months. It would just fall off. So he came in and he did the weirdest thing. He would ask the, the secretaries to give him the files. But he never met with the clients. He never met with the patients. He wouldn't even go to, he wouldn't even go to board meetings within the, the, the uh, hospital because he didn't want that information. He would sometimes eat with them, but he wouldn't go to them. And he would sit in his office and think about how it felt to be there, how it felt with reading their file and realizing the pain that they were in and feeling it inside of themselves. And he would basically say to himself, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And what he's really saying is, as he healed himself in this process, they got better. Well, anyways, four years later, they, they closed the prison, that, that aspect of the prison, because there weren't anybody there. They all, got, they all got left out or they basically were released because they weren't, <laughs> I don't even know how to say this. They had all healed? Like, they had all healed to yeah. the point they, they, they brought them before the, the parole board and they said, no, you go home. And it's like, what? How the hell is that? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I've heard that they say it brings a sense of wholeness for, to people. And it's also been called um, a happiness practice. Yes. So yeah. I guess that makes sense because if you can forgive and you can love yourself and you can take, I guess, responsibility for that, 
then you're not coming from a place of a place of lack. Exactly. You're coming exactly. from a place of abundance and I guess wholeness. I don't know. You're not feeling less than you're feeling enough. You're feeling amazing. You're feeling whole. What I, I, guess. What I really want to say is, listen, <clears throat> I want to say this out loud. This guy, Hugh Lin is H E W L E N. Okay. I'll put a link in the show notes, by the way, yeah. to all you, this stuff. Go online. There's great stuff out there. And, and he's giving it away because that's what he does. He gives it all away. Okay. One of the cool things he doesn't, he doesn't want to fly around all the time because he wants to stay in Hawaii. Okay. But at the same time, he's an older man. He just says, I just want to sit on the beach, but I still want to do my work because I can heal you from a distance. Okay. And, but you need to understand how to do this for the people in your life. Remote healing is really um, a great practice. I did some of it about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. I mean, I always do it. It's a work, you know, work in progress, of course. But yeah. I had had a, a pretty toxic situation that I had to deal with that I couldn't deal with in person. And this is, I worked with this with the REITs, our mutual friend of going in to kind of like a deep meditative, almost hypno, hypnosis state and doing this right. remotely with, you know, sometimes people don't ask for forgiveness. That shouldn't matter. It's still forgiving them and loving them and thanking them and apologize. Like, it's just, it's all this wonderful stuff. You don't need somebody to have a conversation with you. You don't need somebody to ask for forgiveness. You don't need somebody to, to understand you and see your side of things. You don't need somebody to change their behavior and all of a sudden think you're great. None of that matters. This is just your relationship with yourself and how you feel about the situations around you. See, what's so perfect about what you just said is you don't need their permission for the healing. All you're really saying is the pain is inside of you. And if the pain is inside of you, it's in them too. As you heal it inside yourself, they get better. Yes. It's like, how the hell does that happen? Because it's always internally. Everything inside of you is internal. Okay. Everything, what we call spiritual is internal. It's not out here. It's not the prison systems. It's not lights and it's not, and it's not stories. It is basically your own experience with your sense of self. And we are all connected. As I heal myself, the people around me get better. It's so true. And you'll see as well, like I'm sure those of you listening out there and yourself, David, have noticed that as you start your healing journey and you start getting healthier and brighter and your light shining brighter because you're becoming he healthier, the people around you change. So some of the people around you also heal, but some fall off to the wayside and then you right. attract relationships that are even healthier and yes. even brighter and more inspiring. And it's like you elevate your level when they say your vibe attracts your tribe or your tribe attracts your vibe or whatever, you know, it's so right. true. Your vibe attracts your tribe as you start to vibrate higher. In other words, you're healing and you're healthier and you're feeling more whole you right. start attracting more people who are also like that. Exactly. And also you're right. If you have people around you who aren't quite awake to this yet, but they're just good people, they're just awake. Yep. You're going to start to heal them as well and bring them up and open the doors in their eyes as well. Absolutely. Which is a Absolutely. really beautiful thing. You know, I've yeah. definitely had some <laughs> friends who are much more into this now because I've been doing this, whether they practice it or not, they're open to hearing about it, you know? Um, and it's fun to see. It's fun to see. Remember this guy, Hugh Lin was in a, he's in an insane asylum where people were there for murder and rape and, and, and robbery and all that sort of stuff. And he basically said, I'm not even going to talk to you. It's not that I'm not going to talk to you, but I'm not going to work on you. I don't need to. Right. But in six months, they started to release people. And it's like, well, huh? And they started painting the walls and they, and the paint stayed. It's like the vibrational pattern in the, in the entire facility was so elevated by this action that he was doing in his office and they all got better. They all started, you know, physical yeah. therapy, stuff like that. And they were starting to run and, and all the sort of crazy things that they would never do because they were always locked up or under sedation. I'm going to bring this back around to you because I know we're getting close to the end of our hour. Um, but I love when I met you because I've interviewed a lot of energy healers. There's so many different modalities out there, myself being an energy healer. And you said, well, I'm actually more of an energy clearer. Not that you don't do healings, you do, but you consider yourself or maybe your mentor described you as an energy clear. And that's so important because we all need to clear energy every single day. 
So describe for people who aren't really sure what you mean by that, what you mean by an energy clear. It's, it's summed up by this, the aspect that you were born perfect. Okay. Now, <clears throat> a lot of the stuff that seems to happen in your life happens before you were born. A lot of the stuff that you came through into this reality, but you were born perfect. And immediately they start to layer on top of you stories upon stories upon stories, not being good enough, not being, you know, the right person, not doing this right, all this sort of things. And so we feel isolated and we feel alone and we're afraid. And at those particular things, every one of those aspects lowers your vibrational pattern. Okay. So when the guy told me a long time ago, he said, David, you're not really a healer. You're a cleaner. I went, oh, tell cleaner. me about There it. we go. <laughs> because I don't know how this all works. I really don't. I really don't. I've, I've been experiencing it. I've been watching myself growing in this process. How does it work? I don't know. Okay. But what I do know how to do is you give me a bucket and a mop, I can clean up the front room. I can clean it up. Okay. When somebody said, you're a cleaner, not a healer, I said, count me in because that's what I feel like I'm doing. I'm getting the stories off the top of you. You know, whether you're not a good boy or you're not a good girl and you're not, and you didn't clean your room and you didn't get a good grade and, and you're not pretty and all these sorts of stuff. All these stories are just holding you down. If we can clean those away, underneath is perfect. And if we can get down to that perfection, you're going to love yourself because that's, who, because that's who you are. Beautiful. I absolutely love that. It's so true. I mean, we're born for a reason. We're born to be happy. It is our birthright. We're these beautiful little balls of light who are born. And if we can get back to that oh. and we start peeling off those layers and clearing out the, you know, the stuff that's stuck in the corners. Um, you know, that's, that's, I always say is like, yeah, I've done a lot of work on myself, but there's some stuff shoved under the rug. There's some stuff in the back room in the corner, you know, and I deal with it when it comes up, I deal with it, you know, and that's how it is for everybody. We're never done cleaning it. And there's so many different ways to do it, but the closer we get to that beautiful little eager soul that was born into this lifetime, the better we feel, the healthier we feel, the younger, the more vibrant, the more connected we feel. The beautiful part about it is if you've ever held a baby, obviously most of us have, you don't have to do anything for them. They're, they're, they're like glowing in your hands. And at that particular point, they haven't done anything for you. At that particular point, we try to give them our best. Unfortunately, we tell them a lot of negative stuff. Yep. Don't go near the water. Don't do this. Did you know when you were born, you could swim? Oh, yes, I do. I watched my, I'm blessed to have two moms. I have a biological mom who's amazing. And I have a stepmother who's been in my life since I was yep. one. Yep. And she never learned to swim. Grew up in a small town, South Dakota, one room schoolhouse until eighth grade. It just wasn't something that her family really had the opportunity to do. So she made sure that my two brothers that she had with my dad later, um, that they knew how to swim as baby babies. She would take them to the Y they yep. couldn't even sit up or hold their head up. And it's that one, two, three, and you push them under and they hold their breath and their eyes are open and they swim right to and, the top. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's so wonderful because- It's the coolest thing to watch. <laughs> it's a great story because the first thing you do with a young kid is you don't get them near the water, right? Right. They forgot all about that. Then you have to learn how to teach them to swim. It's like, no. They it was did so it important to her that they knew how to swim. And, right. you know, she took adult lessons herself and still has a little fear of the water and stuff like that, but she was not going to pass that on to her <laughs> children. I give her so much Perfect. credit for that. Perfect. It's, yeah. That's, that's exactly what we do to almost every aspect of ourselves, ourselves. One of the things I tell people is that, listen, when you learn how to say Ho'oponono, when you start to do this, when you look at your body, just look at your body and say, I love you. Why? Because whether or not, it, like for example, the, the, the etheric body is there, whether your arm is, is not there at all. A guy I know had his arm cut off, but he could put it, his etheric arm was still there. Okay, that's his subconscious mind. It does not relate to the body. It just basically surrounds the, uh, the aspect of your body. It be, is the promise where, excuse me, that's that word promise. It's more like the idea that where you're going to find it. Okay, so the deal is, is look at your body and say, I love you, because you never heard that enough. And if you've ever heard that enough, say it again. Okay, absolutely. And if you like, even if you don't feel you just tell yourself that look in the oh, mirror, the time. Like, okay, the I time. love my collarbone, right? Like, 
like my little toe is gorgeous, but whatever, but say like, I love myself. I, I do a couple meditation guided visualizations with clients that I love in groups and individual. And one of them is kind of coming out of our body and bringing out our gorgeous energy wings. Cause we all have them right. Tuck yep. behind our shoulder bring them, and hugging would say that inner child, but hugging that little kid inside you. And usually it'll pop up in people's mind. They're three, they're seven, they're whatever age will pop up in their mind of this younger version of themselves and just hugging them and being yes. like, you're gorgeous and you made it. Look how great you made it. Look at us now. You made it. Everything's going to be okay. Like, but it's that like hugging yourself, wrapping your arms around yourself and hugging yourself physically or the visualization of taking these beautiful energy wings or arms and wrapping yourself in this beautiful golden light and just compressing it and feeling that right. good, yummy hug. I love it. Exactly. And if you understand that, what you're really trying to tell yourself is you need to be reprogrammed. Okay. And if you understand that, you have to understand that you've got to go. Just think of the, the, the thing about the heart math I was telling you before. The heart math says there's an, the power in your head <clears throat> is equal to one five thousandths that's in your heart. So it's one guy against an army. <laughs> you can't go against him. Okay. Right. He's, he's always going to win. No matter what you say, it'll come back to you until you change it. I like that. That's a good visualization. Well, this has been such a delightful show. I really enjoy it. Um, there's so much. I'd love to have you back on again. We'll think of, there's so many different topics. I'd love to talk about Silva. I would love to talk about some other things that you've done and some of your experiences and share it with the audience. Um, it's, it's really amazing how we can grow and heal right. and that like, no matter how, if you're listening to this and you're 22, if you're listening to this and you're 72, if you're eight, it doesn't matter. It's like, if you come from the mindset, the best is yet to come because the more you heal exactly. and the more you clear, the better you'll feel, no matter how old you are, what your economic situation is, because that healing inside and being able to let go you know, let go of maybe how your parents treated you or let go of how you treated somebody in the past, letting it go. And I, I, I clear every day. I mean, I get stronger and stronger every day. Somebody asked me, how do you do this for 31 years? He said, it's brand new every damn day. I, <laughs> yeah. It's so exciting <laughs> to have the opportunity to live a new day. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I, and I'm learning all the time. You know, when I first met you, what was really interesting about you, and, and I hope you understand this, is that what was you're very pretty which is cool but at the same time Thank your you. energy was just like the outside and i was like going how cool is that <laughs> i think that's the best compliment i've ever received <laughs> like literally thank you so much because i do believe energy is currency yes you know it really is and that is kind of my mission with this podcast and with life in general is i want people to feel better than when they right. came you yeah. know i want to share what i know and share the light and one of my favorite visualizations I do in my personal daily meditation is I kind of rise up above the earth and I look down and I beam from my palms. And so I have like universal energy coming through the back of me yeah. and zooming out my palms towards the earth and just blanketing the earth in all this beautiful light. And sometimes it's gold, sometimes it's white, sometimes it's like a pink mist, but focusing on that is just being like love and light and that little bit of extra that somebody needs to get through their day of soaking in wherever it is in the world that it's needed, wherever it is, you know, and just there's people out there who are just, they just need that little bit of extra light coming to them. It doesn't matter where it comes from to get them through their day. Fantastic. And so to hear you say that to me is, is just the biggest compliment. Thank you so much. And the minute I met you too, it was like, you had this beautiful, I, I saw, I told you, I saw your light, right? I saw your energy and I watched it change um, colors and it's just beautiful. And thank you for the gifts that you've been giving to the world for in this lifetime, over 30 years now doing this. Well, I will tell you that I'm really glad that I didn't uh, follow through on my suicide attempt that eventually got me to this place. Right. We didn't even touch on that, but absolutely. But what it really told me was, is that wasn't going to work, but this does. Right. And then the world would have been denied all these beautiful things that you've done to help people clean up their energy and, and heal. Yeah. Um, I, I like a quote that you, you have on your website, which I will share his life force practices website in the show notes. If you want to reach David yourself. Um, but a quote that you had there that I really liked is we all have unlimited power right now. 
All we need to do is learn how to access it. Exactly. And it's true. We all have the power to live a good life, to feel good every day, to heal ourselves. To We all have the power to heal and to be happy. All we need to do is learn how to access it. Once you do, you'll never go back any other way because you'll realize that you, you had it all from the beginning and it's just been covered up. That's where a cleaner is necessary to get rid of that debris. Absolutely. Oh. Well, I think we'll end that portion on that note. Um, I asked you as a guest, like I've done to so many guests, if you have, I'm not going to say positive affirmation after you said that, <laughs> a little mantra for today that people can say to just bring a little light into their life. Um, would you I, share I, with us today? what? I, I talked about it this morning and I realized that the easiest way for me to understand this, you are a point of light in a darkened world. Okay, I am a point of light in the darkened world. <clears throat> and this world needs more light. So the yes. first thing that I said is, I am a light in the darkness, and I will shine forever. That's beautiful. Will you say it again? I am a light in the darkness, and I will shine forever. That's beautiful. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Again, that will be in the show notes for any of you listening who are walking or driving and want to come back to this. Just scroll down the podcast notes. You'll find the mantra. You'll find links to David's website, um, the hope and uh, oh, the person you talked about. <laughs> that will yeah, be in there. Oh, 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 no. it's a yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, as well it's as links down. to the 101 chakra episodes and a really nice um, self-love rampage and how to clean up your energy that will all be in the links below. So fear not any of the things we talked about. It'll all be there. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say before we go, David? No, it's been delightful. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us on You Lost Me at Namaste. I'm your host, Michelle Schoenfeld. Know that you're worthy. You're enough. You're born for a reason and the world needs your gifts. So until next time, Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you, and until next time, namaste.